A very exciting day as we are now less than 24 hours from the landing of Perseverance on Mars. Uh, such an exciting mission. It's going to collect samples for later retrieval and uh, these once brought back to Earth uh, and, 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 and put into really sophisticated labs and uh, with all the, the, the advantages of um, you know, you don't have any weight constraints in, in terms of what you can take with you uh, in a lab in, in, on Earth. So uh, the best place to, to really study Mars rocks and, and soil samples is to have them in a lab on Earth. And so that's the whole, one of the, one of the key purposes of the Perseverance mission. It is the first time that there's an attempt to uh, return samples from Mars. And they're talking that earliest this might happen is in the early 2030s, so about 10 years or more from now. So it is a, a long-term mission. It's not the only thing that's going on though with Perseverance. It's uh, uh, it's gonna do a whole bunch of other science. Uh, I'm just looking at the, the counter clock on the uh, mars.nasa.gov website and uh, 21 hours and 24 minutes uh, and counting down. So in my time in, in uh, Melbourne, Australia, it's tomorrow morning early just before 8 a.m. will the landing will will hopefully happen if everything goes according to plan and, and the, the rover survives that um, massive deceleration from the, the deep space cruise speed and then gets through the atmosphere with correct aeroshell braking and then parachute deployment and then sky crane maneuver and then being dropped down in a, in a safe location uh, in Jezero Crater. And Jezero Crater is believed to be one of the toughest landing sites that's ever been attempted on Mars and it does require active terrain monitoring on the way down and they've upgraded the uh, the, the, the way that the rover can uh, can respond. If it doesn't like one particular landing site, it can uh, move somewhere else. So it has got uh, the best technology yet for making a safe landing in a very difficult environment with uh, lots of rocks and cliffs and holes and all sorts of things at Jezero. Previously, they've, they've opted for nice, safe, flat, wide areas. Not so with Jezero. One of the things that's going to be really great, and I thought I'd just speak about today ahead of the landing, because obviously the big news story is going to be the landing and what's seen and you know the, the ground truth of Jezero, which everyone can't wait for, those first images to get back to Earth, uh, will be very exciting. But then a few days later, we're actually going to have multimedia, including high-def video and sound, of what the landing was like, the actual landing sequence. So that includes the parachute deployment. There's a camera that looks up and watches the formation of the parachute. Another is gonna be looking down from the sky crane to the rover. And I believe there's another camera on the top of the, of the rover that will be looking up as the cables are cut and the uh, sky crane that has lowered the rover down to the surface cuts its cables and flies off and crashes. All this is going to be uh, in high def video and there is going to be sound. Sound's going to be an interesting one because it doesn't travel in the same way as it does on Earth. There's a very thin atmosphere, one one hundredth of uh, the surface pressure on uh, on Mars as on Earth. Uh, so sound behaves differently. It'd be very interesting to see how those microphones perform and, and what we actually hear. But it is going to be really exciting to see these different cameras. Uh, there's 23 cameras in total, uh, 16 engineering cameras, plus seven cameras dedicated to specific scientific investigations. 
There's nine cameras for surface operations. And as I mentioned, there are those uh, entry, descent and landing cameras, which are going to give us that unique perspective on the landing. And don't forget, this has been a, it's something that's gone, that's been done over, you know, since the very early days of of, uh, the space program in the 1950s. Uh, when they were testing, and you'll you know recall, you can just do a very quick YouTube search, and you'll see those amazing high-speed camera videos um, shot on film, often 70 mil film of the Saturn V moon rocket launches from Kennedy Space Center or Cape Canaveral. Those were so that they could see how things, what things were happening, and and how the the systems were performing uh, during critical moments um, of the launch. Uh, they even had cameras in the Saturn Vs inside the fuel tanks to make sure that the fuel was doing what it was supposed to do. Because one of the things they actually had to—they had to have baffles inside the tanks to stop sloshing. You needed the fuel to behave in a way and, and sit sort of fairly evenly within the tank for the for those enormous uh, pumps to be able to extract it properly and feed those F1 engines that were consuming 20 tons per second—a massive number to power those five F1 engines, which together were putting out 160 million horsepower. I mean, the figures of the Saturn V are just enough to blow your mind. So cameras have been an integral part of making sure things are behaving uh, the way they should. And so early on in the development of the 2020 uh, Perseverance rover mission, uh, they, uh, you know, six, seven years ago, they decided that they would um, improve the EDL um, their understanding of what was happening to the spacecraft during EDL using the Skycrane delivery method, so that they would have a better understanding of how you know how parachutes are performing in the in the atmosphere of Mars, how the Skycrane worked. It just gives them more understanding of of uh, how they might want to tweak the design in future. The evolution of how you perform EDL on Mars. Um, is an interesting thing, and 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 this Skycrane design is kind of the final or the, the most recent iteration of that evolution. But before that, it was the Spirit and Opportunity rovers, and then just before them, uh, it was the Pathfinder in 1997. That mission, which had a little mini rover as well, and how it got down to the surface. Well, it used a bunch of airbags around it, just like you've got in the steering wheel of your car. Uh, they had a bunch of the, uh, airbags that enclosed the Pathfinder lander and its little rover, which is the size of a microwave oven uh, called Sojourner. From the success of that, you come down through the atmosphere. That last bit where you're actually touching down with the the surface of the planet, you achieved that by inflating airbags and and therefore um, bouncing and and slowing down with with the protection and, and benefit of airbags all around the uh, the lander so that then was used by spirit and opportunity and refined and, and and that proved a successful way to land not a super accurate way to land because the bouncing and stuff you need to allow for you know a large swathe of territory you don't exactly know how far you're going to bounce uh, and i think it was in the order of one or two kilometers of bouncing before they finally came to a rest then the evolution first manifested with with Curiosity was to use the Skycrane. That allowed, one big reason why they went away from airbags to the Skycrane was because they wanted bigger rovers with more scientific payload on the surface. And you couldn't have too big a payload wrapped up in airbags. It just the airbags don't work effectively as a, as a way to keep the spacecraft safe on the way down to the surface. 
so that's where the the uh, the rocket powered uh, sky crane came in and uh, it uh, proved very successful with curiosity so the same really the exact same method is being used but it is it's been upgraded like the rover has been the rover essentially is 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 a copy of the the Curiosity rover, it's too expensive just to build everything from scratch for each mission. So you do want to try to borrow parts and technologies from previous uh, tried and trusted uh, technologies uh, that have worked in practice. Uh, you want to use them as much as you can with with current missions. And that's exactly what they've done with Perseverance. Although the instruments on board and the purpose of the of the mission is quite different. They're really looking for life this time. They've got those 35 sample tubes with about 15 grams of rock contained within each. And they are going to be left on the surface for later retrieval back to Earth. Curiosity was looking for habitability, basically, and, and it, was pr- it was proved that Gale Crater, where Curiosity is still roving around, and climbing up Mount Sharp, uh, it looked for habitability and that particular site was declared to have been habitable in the past. Not now, but in the distant past, we're talking billions of years ago. So the mission of uh, Perseverance due to land uh, in 21 hours from now and counting is that it's gonna be studying astrobiology and looking for signs of past life directly. So fossils, uh, it's got a microscope on board. It's got ground-penetrating radar. It has a, uh, a different suite of instruments to what uh, was carried on the Curiosity rover. So it's it's really exciting, and I, for one, can't wait to see those first images, but particularly to see what's picked up by those ADL cameras, the Entry, entry Descent and Landing cameras. As I mentioned, they're going to document key events on the way down to the surface that seven minutes of terror as it's been nicknamed that includes the parachute deployment the sky crane the rover touchdown quite a few of these are um, are shared from earlier missions the history of cameras goes back all the way to mars pathfinders uh, sojourner rover then the the mars exploration rovers spirit and opportunity refined the design and then MSL, Mars Science Laboratory, Curiosity, flew Mars Exploration Rover, NAVCAMs and HASCAMs, while Mars Insight, the Mars Insight lander, flew two Mars Science Laboratory flight spare cameras. And a third MSL flight spare is aboard Perseverance as part of the MEDA Skycam. Mars 2020 NAVCAMs and HASCAMs are actually upgraded versions of what were flown on MSL and still working fine at, at Gale Crater on board Curiosity. CacheCam is a new kind of camera that's uh, going to be used to check on samples before they're sealed away. So to inspect a sample when it's inside a tube, document it, and then the tube gets sealed up for later retrieval and return to Earth, hopefully. And then there's engineering cameras, which are not really different in objective from what they did on board the Mars Exploration Rover Spirit and Opportunity. So they're for navigation, safe driving, targeting of um, 
areas of interest that you want to drive to and have a look at and, and put your you know drills into or your instruments on and also how to safely use the robotic arm which is that multi-purpose like the swiss army knife arm that can reach out it's got a turret on the end of it that can rotate around and and uh, deploy different instruments just as curiosity does at gale crater so it's really really exciting and like so many people around the world, we're all going to be watching, glued to our TVs, watching it stream uh, online uh, as the uh, first images get sent down. And then a few days after that, we should have these, uh, this high-def video uh, showing from different viewpoints the entry, descent and landing sequence, which is going to be fantastic. There are improvements in the field of view of the surface cameras and the quality of the charge couple devices so that how many megapixels the cameras can take. And there's improvements to the way the data is stored and the efficiency. And instead of it being technology that developed, you know, 10 years ago, which went in, or even longer, that went into the Curiosity rover, it's technology that's been developed in the last five or six years going into Perseverance. So there's always an upgrade required in some cases. So, you know, you can't use cameras from the Mars Exploration rovers because that technology really is, it's just not supported, it's not compatible, it's, it's too old. Don't forget, that's, that's basically 20-year-old technology now. But I do like the fact uh, that there's a clear um, evolution in the way they use things. And when they can, they, they keep on using things or they'll make slight tweaks, but they'll, you know, if they've got a flight spare from an earlier mission, they will use it where possible. Um, you know, like any organization, they're trying to save money, they're trying to do things in a, uh, as efficient economic way as possible. And if you want to really get a lot of information about the camera technology on board, there's a great Springer link um, and it's uh, open access and it's uh, entitled uh, The Mars 2020 Engineering Cameras and Microphone on the Perseverance Rover, a Next Generation Imaging System for Mars Exploration. You can get hold of this yourself and have a, a good look. I'm really going to focus on the entry, descent, and landing because that's the thing that we're going to see for the first time. We've, you know, in in past missions when Curiosity landed, we actually did manage to get a photo from the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, which has got the, the biggest, most powerful telescope on board that can look down and see surface details. I think less than a meter in uh, meter in diameter. It managed to capture the Curiosity rover um, hanging from its parachute. Uh, on its way down to Gale Crater in 2012. And that was a great feature. And they'll, they'll attempt to get that same image from um, the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, but they're also gonna have cameras that will be looking up at that parachute and seeing how, how it deployed, making sure that the thing is is, is, is worked as, as expected. It gives them huge advantage in future missions which use similar um, entry, descent and landing methods. There's six cameras dedicated to EDL documentation and includes a parachute uplook camera, um, a descent stage downlook camera, uh, a rover uplook camera, and a rover downlook camera. There's an L cam, which is dedicated to providing critical image data to the lander vision system uh, during the parachute descent phase of EDL. Data from all 16 cameras will be available for use by the Perseverance uh, science and engineering teams during the mission. Data from the engineering cameras will be archived in NASA's planetary data system as per usual. I'll come back to the EDL cameras in more detail, but there are seven cameras on the rover dedicated to specific science investigations. There's mast cam which is actually two cameras, and these acquire color stereo images with matching variable focal lengths using a zoom lens. 
And there's the SuperCam camera uses a, tech, a next generation remote microscopic imager uh, to acquire context images for spectrometer observations. There's the planetary instrument for X-ray lithochemistry instrument, and that uses a micro context camera to acquire context images and images for projected laser judicial markings. Sherlock, uh, the scanning habitable environments with Raymond and luminescence for organics and chemicals instrument contains two cameras, the advanced context images, imager for context imaging and the Watson, which is a wide-angle topographic sensor for operations and e-engineering. Some great acronyms from NASA, as always. Then the Meta SkyCam acquires images of the Martian sky as part of a larger atmospheric science instrument package. Then in addition, there's NavCam and HasCam cameras, and these, as I mentioned, they provide uh, targeting and context for driving around safely and uh, moving the arm with all those instruments on the end of it. So a total of 23 cameras uh, on Perseverance, 16 engineering, 7 science cameras, 19 of those cameras are rover mounted, 4 cameras are mounted on the entry vehicle. Um, of the 19 rover mounted cameras, 16 of the cameras are designed for, uh, for use during the nominal surface mission. Now just getting into the detail of the EDL camera, there's 4 new camera types along with a rover chassis mounted microphone for recording audio, 3 parachute uplook cameras will monitor parachute deployment. Very critical part of the mission. If that parachute doesn't open perfectly and work properly, then you hit the ground way too fast and that mission's over. The rover downlook camera will image Mars as the rover touches down onto the surface. Video and audio from, from the EDL cam system will be relayed to Earth in the, the days after the safe landing. So it won't be something that you see immediately during the landing broadcast on NASA TV. It'll be something that you see a few days after that. So LCAM is the, the lander vision system. This is new to Mars 2020, and a key component is the LCAM. LCAM acquires images of the surface during parachute descent. The LVS, Lander Vision System, determines the vehicle location by acquiring correlating LCAM images to an onboard reference map. And then the spacecraft uses this information to determine a landing target that avoids hazards identified beforehand using high-rise images from the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. And then the spacecraft flies down to this safe target uh, during the powered descent phase of EDL. So that's when it's part of the sky crane before it's actually been lowered down on the cables. It's, uh, it's under powered descent. And then it's, it is using that advanced terrain relative navigation. And I have discussed this on a separate podcast you can find on our program webpage beyondinfinity.com.au. LCAM uh, has um, heritage from earlier spacecraft designs, lander designs. The next generation imaging system will improve the operational capabilities of Mars 2020. Key EDL events will be documented and it'll, it'll really show the performance of the Mars 2020 entry system um, and use that information to inform the design of future EDL systems. There is going to be a more targeted landing capability. That's one of the necessities of landing at Jezero. You need to be more accurate where you set down. It's a, it's a dangerous landing environment compared with other places that they've landed. There could be some interesting new acoustic signatures revealed to Mars 2020 if the microphone operates 
during the surface mission. Recorded sounds of the rover mechanisms may be may have diagnostic value for assessing the state of rover hardware. Next generation navcams and hascams will require images of Mars with wider fields of view and higher pixel scale than versions on previous missions. Cache cam will acquire 12.5 micron images of the cached samples at the, in the sample tubes. Images from the cameras will play an important role during the operational phase of the mission and become part of the permanent record of the Perseverance mission. So really interesting, and, and those images, uh, those, those cache cam images will also become a key component of any future sample return missions. They'll use them to compare what the close-ups look like, the microscopic images of samples look like, and sort of say, okay, this is very similar to something that, that Perseverance cached, so we won't bother caching it. There's only um, 35 sample tubes that can be returned, so they need to be quite selective in terms of what they put in each one of those tubes. So I hope you found this uh, interesting. It's going to be very, very exciting. In less than a day, they'll be on the surface of Mars, and I guess we'll be talking about that whole new ground truth at Jezero in a future podcast. Thanks for listening. Piers Cutting with you on beyondinfinity.com.au. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.